Dunks After Dust Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Flavin, here as always with my co-host, Mitch Peterson. Hello, hello, hello. So Mitch, I think we have, there are some, there are some elephants in the room that we need to discuss today. The, the first is, is one where we want to have just a, an open conversation with our with our audience so one thing that we haven't discussed is episode three we haven't discussed yet it's probably pretty pretty important to do we we realize the groundbreaking nature of our podcast right we are two men in their 30s who have started a podcast about sports really hasn't been done before as you look on into like the corners of the internet you know you're beginning to hear words and phrases about our podcast like trailblazing groundbreakers i, th- I think i've seen bravery tossed around here and there a lot of, a lot of uncharted waters you know of comparisons to various early explorers lewis and clark i've, I've heard some yeah so I, I just felt it was important as we get to episode three and and now you know we're hearing all these things from you guys out there that we just wanted to address that and just acknowledge our own bravery in what we're doing and in, in starting this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> it seemed it seemed really important to me like just to kick off episode three to know we hear you like we we recognize what we're doing like we understand we're, what we're part of right now and so I just wanted to just take a moment to acknowledge that yeah I don't think it's ever appropriate you know, to throw around the term hero lightly, but you know, if the shoe fits Uh, and that's not me. And I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not going to use those words, but I just, you know, when other people do far be it for me to, to take that away from them. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, other elephant in the room, we should, we should just mention it. This is, this is our, you know, our third episode. First one we've done now after our first official head to head contest. Um, Currently, uh, and as we look at the voting on, on Canis, thousands of votes, you know, pouring in. Uh, feel free to fact check that yourself if you'd like. Um, but there, there's a team that has a that has a slight lead currently. My team is currently up. I'll hit the refresh button here to make sure that you know we're giving our our listeners a live account. Uh, it's currently up 81 percent to 19 percent with all with all the votes pouring in, which is unfortunately a bit of a comeback for me. It was worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Do you have any any thoughts or feelings about that? Because that's not what I expected. I, I think I can be transparent. And say when the draft finished, I pretty openly said like because of your you know specifically your line choices, I would have rather have had your team with those spots. But uh, any any guesses and insights into why the vote might be swinging that way right now? Look, I think I'm a big believer in don't talk about it, be about it. And I talk all the time about accountability, about owning up, about acknowledging when you get beat by a better team and, and not looking for excuses and explaining it away. So I'm not going to do that um, because I didn't get beat by a better team and I wouldn't. I have the better team. Um, I have no doubt about that. I'm not going to sit here and grovel or ask for anything different. Uh, I am better. You pandered to fans with big names at big spots. Um, I picked a better team and that's that. So that's what I have to say about that. If you want the the title of best Timberwolves football team, you're going to have to come rip it out of my cold, dead hands. 
Oh, that I expected nothing less than that, and I thank you for that. So that's that's perfect. All right. Well, we we addressed the elephants in the room. Um, you know, I felt it was important to do there. So we've got we've got another we've got another fun podcast ahead. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an adventure. So with that, let's uh, let's transition to to what we're doing today. Today, we are going to switch things up a bit from our from our last draft. Last time we did a competitive draft. This time, we are doing what's known as a cooperative draft. So we are going to be making a list together. The list that we'll be making is our 12 favorite Timberwolves of all time. The challenge in making this list together is that it is not going to be my list. It's not going to be Mitch's list. It is going to be our list together. So we have prepped for this separately, each made our own. And the way that the draft works, there's kind of a special order for it. And I'm going to real quick give a shout out to the Screen Drafts podcast because this is where I first heard of this kind of draft. And the challenge in doing one of these lists together is that we can get along and have a lot of the same like thoughts and ideas and players and it can be kind of a really kumbaya type of draft where we're we're vibing we're in the same same mindset or as i maybe fear a little bit more for this draft it might end up becoming a little bit more uh cutthroat a little bit more of i'm gonna get my guys where i want them and if you try to take someone who doesn't belong in the top 12 or top five we are gonna we're gonna have some words and have it out a little bit. So this draft could go either way. It could be a very much a just a affirmation of our friendship, of our Timberwolves bond, or it could be the last episode that we do. And then we have a historic three episode run. <laughs> that, and from there we, you know, we move on. So uh, we would be it's like it's like Icarus. We just <laughs> we peaked too high too fast and got too close to the sun. Oh, exactly right. So the way that the draft is going to work is it is not a normal alternating draft. So there are two drift drafting spots that we have already decided. There's a drafter A and a drafter B. So drafter A has picks 1, 4, 7, 8, 10, and 11. While drafter B has 2, 3, 5, 6, 9, and 12. Drafter B is going to be Mitch. I will be drafter A. Also part of this draft are what is known as vetoes. So what a veto does is if a player is selected at a position that the other person does not want there, whether they think that person is drafted, you know, too high or too low, they can use their one of their vetoes. And what that veto means is that person cannot be drafted at that spot. Now, the challenge in the veto is if you're using it and say there's a guy you don't want on, on the list, but you're fellow drafter is going to pick them maybe at their next opportunity maybe they have you know they draft them at pick 12 you don't want them there you don't think they should be on the list and then they wait till nine well you can't do anything about that because you've used up your veto and so the veto is just a means by which you can alter what happens only at that pick but you still have no control over what your fellow drafter will do mish does that make sense to you yes it does i think it'll be it'll be challenging (laughs) just because i it's not a it's not a very consensus list. It's not a, so I I think you're right. It's hard to know when to jump in and put your foot down and be like absolutely not. We can't allow that um, if it's going to be a joint list. So uh, no, I'm excited to get going. I would imagine there's some different people on the, on our lists. Um, I kind of like going first. Um, 
you know, you can't use your your veto too quick. So hopefully a couple of people that you really want on can get on early and then and then we'll we'll scrap at the end. So no, I'm excited. I'm excited to try it out. We haven't done obviously um, anything like this yet. We're kind of working together, but still sort of trying to get get your guys, go get your guys. So no, I think it's I think it's a good time. Let's do it. Yeah, and I do want to reemphasize this is a favorite player list that we are drafting. It is not the best players in Timberwolves history. This is a favorite player yeah. list. So, yeah, so there's a lot of right best of lists. And if you look, you know, you search them on the internet, you're going to find, you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are pretty similar, right? The order the guys might be might change up. But for the most part, you're going to have a pretty similar top 10. I think if Mitch and I did a best of draft, it would probably be pretty similar. So that's part of why we want to do a favorite player list. I'm sure some of the best players are going to make it on there. At least they did in my my versions of the list. But um, this is going to call or at least lead to a little bit more differentiation, I think, in our list from other lists that you'd see and hopefully lead to, to a bit more fun and I'm sure a bit more disagreement as well. It's always nice to set the stage to a little bit and, you know, behind the curtain, look at kind of what, you know, because if we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep making these these episodes and, and giving our analysis. It's sometimes helpful, I think, to know like what angle you're coming at it from, right? Like there might be a reason why you like certain types of players or I like certain types of players. And, and I think that that's always helpful too. So yeah, agree completely. And that'll, it'll be, this will really give a nice glimpse into our specific fandoms in terms of the, probably the eras that we felt most fell in love with the Timberwolves and which players have most yeah affected why we, you know, love this team and, and keep watching these games. So with that, Mitch, are you ready to, to kick us off here? I'm ready. All right, so Mitch is going to start with drafting the 12th, our 12th favorite player in our in our joint list here, and then we're going to work our way down. If you've already forgot the order, listener, that's okay. We'll remind you as we go. So Mitch, why don't you start us off with the 12th favorite Timberwolf of the Dunks After Dust podcast. All right, so I wanted to start with a guy that I really... Um, Timberwolves haven't had a lot of players over their history. I feel like that were just constantly it felt like net positive players and i've so i've grown to really appreciate them when they happen where they just seem to always make the right things happen they make big plays in big spots uh they have a sort of an inclination towards defense because that's been rare and and i really like watching that so with the 12th player on our list i went with uh robert covington Hmm. so i wanted i wanted a i wanted him i loved covington during you know, the time he was here, I thought he was an unbelievably uh, likable guy. I liked that he could get hot and shoot pretty well, so it wasn't completely one-sided. But he also, like I said, I just, I liked him as a, I really, really fell in love with him in a short time here because I think it was at a time when the Wolves were scrapping for relevance for one of the first times in my fandom. And he felt like a big piece sort of pushing that forward or, or giving me a reason to think that there may be some legitimacy to our team. So I'll go Robert Covington at 12. I really do like Roko. He was not in my top 12. And so already I'm looking at my list and it's like, shoot, <laughs> I'm already having to bump, you know, a guy off because I do like Roko. I think he deserves to be in, in a top 12 list. It doesn't bother me that he's number 12, but already I was like, oh man, I'm already having to negotiate down my list after, yep. after this one. But, but Roko, Roko is a, to me, he's a worthy one where I, you know, he's, he was in my, you know, additional players list where it's like, I would consider these guys. So Roko at 12, I dig it. Let's do it. I like it. All right. You, so you got, you got the next two, you can kind of control what we do here a little bit. So yeah, I've got I've got eleven and ten. So at number eleven, I'm 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 gonna play a little defense in our 
in our combined list here. And I'm going to put Rashad McCants at number 11. You dog. On, the, on, on our list. Uh, listeners, I'm going to be honest. The reason the reason that I'm doing this is McCants would not make my top 10. And I, I just know that if I don't take him in one of these two spots... I think he's sneaking way up the list, so I'm I'm gonna put him there. I'm not trying to make Mitch use use a uh, a veto or anything. This is just a he was in my additional players. He's not in my top twelve, but if I if I don't use him here, he's gonna end up a little higher. But Mitch, maybe I can let you talk about why you love McCants and if you know you're okay keeping him at the eleven spot. I'm I'm considering a veto early. Um, <laughs> Only because in just in no list that includes my name on it can he be that low. Um, no, I loved. I, it's totally irrational. It doesn't make sense why I loved McCant so much. Um, but I think his irrational confidence was a huge part of it. Like I was, you know, I don't know. I was I was a young impression. I was like I mean I was late high school when we drafted McCants. So I was just really really getting into the wolves. I don't know. I probably had a lot more machismo and overconfidence at that point too in my life where it was like, oh, I kind of as a joke and kind of because I just loved this irrational confidence player that nothing was ever his fault. He was the best player ever. I mean, he's come out in his career and said things like Michael Jordan was the most overrated athlete ever. He is, you know, <laughs> flamed in North Carolina and called it a prison while he was still enrolled there and like busted him for fake classes. He dated a Kardashian before it was cool. Oh, I mean... Rashad McCants is is a legend in my mind in Timberwolves lore. I will, I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be later, and you were just going to straight veto him, and he wasn't going to make it. So just out of respect, he's got to be on the list, and I'm I'm going to let you keep him at eleven. All right. I think. I mean, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy with him being on the list. I just think if he sneaks inside the top ten, in the same way that you would have issues with your name being on a list that he's not on. Boy, would I begin to struggle if he's sneaking into the top ten. <laughs> he's on my favorite favorite Timberwolves list. So it's a good compromise, you know. We're working together. We we know each other a little bit. I will I will concede. You will concede a little. We'll meet in the middle. That he that he he should be on there. Just be, and I appreciate that. You're thinking of me. Yeah. Can I can I ask if this was just your list? Where what number did you have him at? I had McCants at seven. Okay. So he wasn't he wasn't ridiculously higher but yeah i had i had mccants at seven and it was a lot of nostalgia and he made me care i'll give him that i always i was always curious to see what he was going to do and he, i mean he was a ridiculously talented player he was a talented player just wasn't a good player and i'll, I'll say that you know honestly but but he sure <laughs> he sure was a favorite of mine well let's uh let's get to number 10 here and we did you know your your player in, in terms of mccants and the guy that you would you know be when we were playing basketball in the gym you'd call mccants I'm going to go to the guy now whose name I would call a, a fellow lefty who, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put him in here as a top 10, you know, favorite Timberwolf of all time and be pretty happy about it. I'm going to do Shabazz Muhammad at number 10. Yes. I, I had, I had, I had Boz, I had Boz at 11. I don't hate that at all. Oh, oh perfect. Oh, see, so far 
vibes here are good. We're we're in a similar spot. You know, Shabazz again, just being being the lefty that he was. You know, he he had quite a few highlight dunks. I am you know in terms of research, going back and and looking a bit at you know some Shabazz Muhammad highlights, which was fun to do. Uh, right, the spin moves, the lefty floaters. His his big big issue was always that he just couldn't play a lick of defense. And as soon as I, I didn't realize this was the exact time frame, but as soon as Tibbs came to Minnesota, that is when <laughs> Muhammad was quickly out of the the league. It did not take long. <laughs> when he had a defense Sounds about coach right. and he lost all playing time and, and then was just gone. So I got zero issue. I, I agree. Just in, I don't know, he's got the name, you know, it's just so easy to say. Boz or bad, you know, it's like, it's so easy to say it. So he's got a great name. He had a fan-friendly game in terms of, yeah, he could have huge highlights. He scored a lot of points. He just never led to winning basketball, which was very indicative of that time of Wolves basketball as well. Like a lot of highlights, a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak. Um, but for a favorites list, hundred percent. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to you now with, with number nine. Yeah. I, same thing, just looking at the board, trying to think who will go and, and stuff. I think at nine, I'm going to put on, yeah, I'm going to put on Nikola Pekovic at number nine. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that. <laughs> I like I loved I loved Peck his his personality like just the Godfather intimidator um, you know the music they would play in the arena you know the the Godfather music I thought was fantastic um, you know just kind of a I don't know the language barrier helped it just made it just like seemed really endearing he I don't know he was a he was seemed like a like a teddy bear but also was obviously just a bruiser on the court and and was pretty good I'd say out of the people. We've listed so far, he was probably the best player so far for the Wolves. Um, probably, yeah. Like, actually actually contributed the most and stuff to uh, to, to good basketball at times. But, um, yeah, I feel like a bit of the cult the cult hero as well as uh, just a fun guy to cheer for. So I'll, I'll take Peck at nine if you don't have a huge issue with it. Now, Peck, was, he was slightly higher up my list, so he was number seven. Um, but that's not, not a big enough difference for me to, to use up my, my veto. Um, one, one memory I do have of Peck is attending the game sometime around Christmas and, you know, they were doing the in-player like interviews that pop up on the screens. And I believe the question was favorite food for Christmas and all the players were going around and describing like their family meals and what it looked like. And then, and it gets to Peck after everybody's had, you know, like a 20 to 30 second explanation. And he just says, meat. And then, you know, the video cuts after that. And like I just ha- even even as a kid, right, just I remember seeing that and, and laughing and being like, oh, Pekovic. So, yeah, it, I, I want him in the top 10. I'm OK with him being at being at number nine. Oh, and he had the he had the skulls tattoo on his arm, too. It was just yeah. like, you know, and, and, you know, while he played is one thing. It's I know there's some, you know, scandal noted with Pekovic recently. It sounds like there's some some legal issues and stuff going on with, with some potential violence. Totally get that. While he played for Minnesota, he was wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I is is any of it okay? So I don't I don't know what the scandals are. Um, is is it true? At one point, I thought I I heard he was in the Serbian mafia. Was that is that the yes. scandal referring? That's, to? Oh, is that that's what I, that's what I'm referring to. There was <laughs> okay. there was whispers going on on you know Al Gore's internet that there was potentially some connection to to some violence, maybe a murder. Um, like that, not that he did it, but like he was he was in that mafia. And again, this is reckless speculation. Pekovic, if you hear this, please don't kill me. It's not personal. <laughs> this is something I heard on Twitter, and Twitter can't lie. So, all right, so we are through nine. You have the next two again. You got eight and seven. 
Ooh, all right. Oh, yeah. Then you, then you get a get a big run. All right. Okay. This is this is where I'm I'm probably having to sacrifice a guy off my list at this point as I look to to what's left and what's there. So, at number eight. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. At number eight, I'm gonna take Nas Reed. Oh no. Uh oh. This is he not on your list. No, no, he isn't. Uh, well, you you've got two vetoes. So I mean, if this is where you want to use one. You can let me. I'll explain why for Nasrid. I'll let you let you think about it a little bit. So, one of the reasons why I love Nasrid, and obviously there is a a cult following within the Timberwolves fandom, but it is just the story of the undrafted, you know, kid who came in little overweight, seemed you know, lacking NBA skill, worked his tail off just to to make the roster, then worked his tail off to get into a bit of the rotation, then worked his tail off once we traded for you know an all-NBA player when he was already behind another all-NBA big to stay in the rotation. And this whole season, you know, every time we want to count him out, he again works his tail off and then he gets this big contract. And it seems like he's being set up to be a part of the future. Obviously, when we have the, the Gobert, Towns, and Nas Reed trio there, who knows what's going to happen a year from now, contracts, no need to get into all that. But it is just the the story of this undrafted guy who kept time and time again, working his way into the rotation and keeping himself on the team. So Nasrid for me, I had him a little bit lower initially on my list, but with where we are now, I, I would love to still have him as as a favorite. Mitch, can you can you accept Nas in your in your top ten, specifically number eight? I don't know if I can. I like Nas. Again, from just like pure highlights, he has some of the best of the last season. I mean, he might have better dunks than Ant had this last year. To be told, like, he had ridiculous posters on people and great dunks and. So I don't, I don't dislike it, but no, he, I don't, I made a list that went up to 18 and Nas didn't, didn't make my 18 deep. So I don't know that I can keep him at eight. Um, but you have seven next and you might just, you might just take him at seven and then I burn a veto. Yeah, it's, it's possible. You got, you've got two of them. Um, so again, listeners, the way this works is if Mitch uses his veto here, I cannot take Nas Reed at eight. So I would have to, so he goes back in the player pool and he's available but uh, it would use use one of Mitch's vetoes if he were to use it. But yes, that is part of the strategy here, is I do have number seven and could just do a little flip-flop at this point. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at the people that I have left and who I think you would have on there, and I don't... I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I would... I don't know if there's a guy that I couldn't live without yet. And I think because you have pick seven next and can kind of control it, I'm, I'm going to let this one go. I'm going to save... I'm gonna save the veto. All right, all right, Nasrid. But I, yeah, Nasrid makes the list. Ooh, all right, Nasrid makes it in safe. Love it. Okay, let me let me go on to to pick number seven, and this is the guy that I was gonna slide right in after. And pick number seven for me would be Josh Akogi. Mm, yep. Nice. Okay, so we're we're vibing then on Josh. Just a incredibly fun like competitive player to watch especially obviously what he did on the defensive end yeah i love josh i still cheer for him in phoenix right like if the wolves are out it is simply because of josh kogi and nobody else on that roster that i would have been happy seeing phoenix win more games and make it further because one of those players that even after he left the wolves like i still wish only for success for him and would love to see him you know win a championship if that ever came to it if it can't be with the wolves a guy like josh kogi certainly would deserve one yeah yep i Nothing to add. He was number six on mine, so kind of right in that range of, yeah, just I love dogs. I love players that play hard, that play the right way. You know, 
up 20, down 20, you knew exactly what you were getting from him. And I, I love that in a player. Um, so he originally was higher on mine. I ended up moving him down a little bit. But no, this this list was not going to be made without a Kogi on it. I was going to make sure of that. But I was I was pretty sure you were going to have him too. I know he's uh, he's he was well loved in his time here for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's good. So we are, we're for the most part, I mean, I've had to kick at least one of my guys off. Only one so far. Sounds like you possibly are going to have to kick one of your guys from the top 10, but we we're through we're through seven now we're we're getting to some of the main main guys here so let's uh let's go on to you know six and five now for you so you've got you've actually got four picks left i've just got two with the way this is going i've got one and four left you've got the rest so let's get to get to number six and and all the vetoes still remaining your two and my one so Mm -hmm. not 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 too too bad so far we we're we're seeing we're getting to the to the uh the highest spots now so let's see what we got all right so at number six we're gonna go Patrick Beverly. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in my top five. So yeah, is he was he higher for you? That's what I was. The only reason I didn't have him higher was like the the longevity. Yeah, like he he truly was one where if we had him and if he comes back, which it, he keeps saying on podcasts and stuff, he wants to come back and play in Minnesota and like Pat Bev, come back. We, we got you. Like, we would come take the veterans minimum. We would love and need you to make a playoff run this year. So feel free to keep pushing that agenda out on the out on the internet and social media and stuff to get to get back to Minnesota. But, um, yeah, if he, if he would have been here for longer, I think Pat Bev probably would have been top three for me. Um, he just only did it for a short amount of time. But, but again, a lot of the same things we said about Kogi, I think Beverly did it a much different way but had a similar effect of, like, um, of just just laid his heart out every night. Like you knew you knew that he wasn't taking a lot of games off. Um, and you know, undersized defender and taking on bigger guys and drawing technical fouls when there's no way they should have been technical fouls. And the the crowd romance with Patrick Beverly was was up there. I think in Timberwolves history of like just fell fell hard and fast for this guy, for what he brought to a team that desperately, desperately needed it. So, yeah, yeah, I I, more just kind of based on who's left and stuff. I I just needed to make sure he was on. Um, I got no problem with him being higher, but personally I had had some other guys a little higher up on the list than than him because of the length of time that that I was able to enjoy them in a T-Wolves jersey. Yeah, I was shocked. I had him at number four when I made my list. Like I, as I was going through and, and sliding people around, I yeah he landed on four for me which is amazing considering the lack of longevity as you said Bev could be a jerk he could get a technical before game started and <laughs> completely unnecessary I, remember, I think we may have been at that game but where Gary Trent Jr. then just Gary gets Trent Jr. Yeah, yeah locked in and goes off because <laughs> Bev is pushing him before the game starts like there there are elements of it that I you can't even call it immaturity right it's just a guy who wants to grab a camera from the sideline to show the ref what's going on like he's just so much fun to watch and so easy to cheer for when he's on your team and would be so easy to hate when you play against him but because he's been on the wolves and this seems to be the case for him throughout his career once he's been on your team once it seems like a fan base like just gets him understands and even if he's you know pulling some antics against your team once he leaves you're still like oh you know you appreciate it. you remember the good times so Pat Bev, yeah. I, I would have had him higher, but I, with six on the list in you know a top 12 Timberwolves you know favorite list, uh, I'm I'm happy with six. Well, the next one then at five, um, I'm gonna put Zach Levine at five. Um, I don't know, yeah. I don't know where, I don't know where you. So just out of curiosity, where did you have Levine, or did he did he make your list? No, he's five. So <laughs> that that okay was that okay is like 
who do you have at four? Because <laughs> that's going to be the question for me. Um, oh man, I have I have a solid top three. And so now yep. if I who I would have to pick when I slide into my next pick at four, I'm going to have to potentially slide somebody up. You know what? I, I think we have I think we might have a similar top three. I'm gonna I'm gonna veto Levine at five here. Okay. I, I I just as I look to you know to the other guys, like I don't think the guy that I then would have to pick at would you know slide into four. I don't think I want him in in the top over Levine. So I'm gonna veto Levine here and ha- and send him back to the you know to the draft pool and have and have you go go again with somebody else. And we'll talk about Levine more maybe in a moment. <laughs> No spoilers. <laughs> Potentially next pick. Yeah, no, I, I, um, so the next one, so who I had at four and who I'll put in at five now then, uh, is Kevin Love. So I had, oh. I had Caleb there. Um, Kevin Love to me, so I, I, I think I maybe mentioned this in, in one of our, in maybe the first intro podcast, but I was just a little, a little late to the game in terms of like mature sports fandom for KG. Um, so I was, you know, about, I was 12. Or, or 13 in that Western Conference Finals year and like when he drafted him. So I didn't get like that fervor of his, you know, being a rookie and, and just how good he was and stuff. I remember him a lot and I, you know, um, as we'll see later on in this list, there's there's still a very, very, very special place in my heart for Kevin Garnett and, and what he was to the team. But I will say the first player that I consistently watched, like game in and game out, that was an all-NBA type player that was, you know, just an unbelievable basketball player compared to his peers. And like one of the really, really good players in the NBA at his position was Kevin Love. Um, And that was kind of the first time I'd experienced that where it's not just a fan favorite or not just a young guy with a lot of promise, but like a guy with a lot of promise that then developed, got better, you know, at the time, kind of that positional versatility of Kevin Love shooting was like still relatively new for big men. Like that was really fun to watch. I mean, the 30, 30 game that he had, um, I don't know. Like I, I really, as I was looking back at this, I was surprised at how much I remember liking Kevin Love, um, and watching him just kind of grow from a bit of a, of a doughy young kid to like, to a superstar, to a, to an absolute superstar um, in Minnesota. And it was the first time that I'd really experienced as like a day in day and out fan, a superstar um, for the Timberwolves. So I would put Caleb at five. Yeah. I had him, I had him lower on my list ultimately, but I'm okay with him being in the top five. Cause I think for a certain generation of fans, right. If you came in a little bit after the KG years, like, there wasn't a lot, right? Caleb was was the all star basically in in that time. You know, have those memories of thirty and thirty game. You have one of my, you know, uh, the audio clip that we have at the beginning of the podcast that just makes me laugh every time. The the Ed Malloy, Ed Malloy. <laughs> every time I hear it, I laugh. I remember watching that game and. Um, I remember going and talking to my wife after that game. Like that's how bad the call was. Or it's like I had to go talk to my to my wife about it. Like you won't believe it. The refs missed this. They showed the replay. And so one one of those other I guess core Timberwolves memories where my wife patiently <laughs> listened to me for about thirty seconds and went to bed. So <laughs> there's, yeah. There's <laughs> oh, he. I mean. Caleb had the that elevator door play against the Clippers game winner. That was really that was yeah. like a. One of the one of the bigger buzzer beater moments I can remember as a as a team. Yeah, I don't know. He he was part of some really good moments. He also was you know not without his flaws and and stuff too. But I just remember seeing Kevin Love win a ring in Cleveland was a really really good feeling. I was just like I don't have ill will towards him. Did he take us to playoff series and take us to any? No, but I I had really I have really fond memories of K Love in a Timberwolves jersey. Yeah. Yeah, so in terms of our draft, this is kicking a guy that I had at number six, I think, off 
the board for me um, for, for what we're doing. It's something we will talk about this at the end. We'll talk about our near misses, you know, if we could, you know, what we potentially would have, you know, preferred to change or all that. But I think that this means is I'm pretty sure my number six guy is is going bye bye. So I'll uh, I'll do number four. And number four, if you are a avid listener to this podcast, as of you know, <laughs> five minutes ago, you know exactly you know what's coming here. And this is this is the reason for the veto. And this is the guy who I did just want to get higher. Ultimately, I'm glad that he's higher than Kevin Love, at least for me. And that is Zach Levine. We were already talking about him a little bit, um, but one of one of the things we didn't mention yet is you know Levine has probably what is going to be for me one of my most watched Timberwolves highlights, you know, in my whole life. And that is the dunk contest with Aaron Gordon, right? When you think back to Timberwolves moments and then yes, technically not a Timberwolves team moment, but right. He's got the Timberwolves Jersey on to go along with the space jam Jersey. But that, that mm. back and forth, Aaron mm. Gordon is a, right. It's a moment in NBA history, right? Like it's, it's not, it's one that we, we get a part of Levine was, was our guy at the time. And we'll always have a special place being drafted by, by flipping. <laughs> of course, this makes me think now his drafting moment, moment <laughs> he got drafted by <laughs> by the team and his his choice was words super which, super excited yeah you could tell he loved loved coming to minnesota so uh somehow despite that beginning um ended up being a fan favorite as a guy who you know again maybe never quite flashed the defensive skill that that we needed to see um, but his offensive upside, the way that he was growing as a player, I know when the trade came down, I was I was pretty disappointed that we didn't send Wiggins out, that we sent Levine. I was like my what I was begging for the team to do is I would have just I just wanted wanted more time with Zach, which we we didn't ultimately get. So um, him being yeah. here at this spot for me, I'm I'm happy with him. Yep, number four. Yep, same same thing in terms of just pure enjoyment um, in Timberwolves. Moments in Timberwolves history, I would put that slam dunk contest. It might be top three for me. Um, that was, I remember where I was sitting and watching it. I remember, like, it, it really was. It, it felt like as you were watching it happening, you know, and, and I don't know, part of it is potentially too, like, social media was, like, just starting to explode and Twitter was crazy. And it was like, but the whole sporting world stopped and honed in on a kid that played for the Timberwolves. And that was so fun, you know, yeah. to be able to claim him as, like, yeah, that's our guy. And that is, and he... You know, like we talked about in the football draft, I, I will continue to say, like, I think I think Zach Levine might be the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he he was putting between the legs dunks in from the free throw line. Like, I still don't, with as much props as he gets for that dunk contest, I still don't think it's enough. I mean, you yeah. go back and watch those highlights, and, like, there is nobody in NBA history that I don't even think gets close, especially in that body. It's one thing if you're, like, seven feet tall with a huge wingspan and you can dunk from the free throw line, but, like... I don't know, in like a in a lanky six six frame to be doing that stuff. Just it was it was poetry. It was a ton of fun to watch. So no, I I love like I said, Levine was my five. Um, but but even as we're talking, I I don't know that I have a huge problem with him being past K Love at four. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we before we get to the top three, let's do a let's do a little list review here, and we can see how we feel about the list as we as we head in the top three, and you'll have picks two and three and then I'll, I'll finish us off with one so at number 12 we have robert covington number 11 rashad mccants number 10 shabazz muhammad number nine nikola pekovich number eight nas reed number seven josh kogi number six pat beverly number five kevin love and number four zach levine so there's our four through 12 favorite timberwolves players of all time Mitch, how, how do you feel about that list as you as you look at it now and you hear now that we're we're getting to the top three, which 
I think we have the same top three. If we don't, boy, am I mad that I wasted, you know, I won't say wasted, but that I used a veto. I think we do, uh, knowing knowing each other, but... <laughs> Luke Luke Ridenauer coming in hot in the top three. <laughs> he, don't, he was on my, you know, honorable mentions list, so we'll, we can he talk about it. He was on mine, too. I loved, I loved Ridenauer. <laughs> Based on um, Yeah, no, I think, I think that this list feels right. I think... Obviously, the Nas one is the one that I didn't have and, and I wouldn't have put on there. But I think that Nas could be a season or two away from being from being on a list like this for me. Um, he's just not there yet. But I So that would be the, the only issue I have. But I, yeah, as I think back to the amount of Timberwolves games I've ingested over the last 10 to 15, you know, probably 15-ish years of my life now, um, a lot of the big players in that are, are represented on this list, which I think is the point. So no, I, I feel great about it. And then moving forward, this is where it's just going to be interesting where we argue about, you know, I got two vetoes left and you've only got one pick. So I don't, you know, unless I veto one of my own, um, <laughs> might be all right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, let's hear so it. I number think, three. I think what, yeah. So with number three, I went Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Love it. He's, he was my number three. So yep. let's hear it. Um, and I, I didn't know. I know you have a, a special place in your heart for the Spaniard and, and really like him. So I didn't know if you were going to put him higher or not. But um, Ricky was the the promise of Ricky Rubio and what he was hyped to be and having him come over and like some of the glimpses we saw out of him early and just the, the way he played the game, the joy and the flash and the teammates that loved him and the crowd that adored him he was one of those players i'd say the top three players on our list were able to and i put beverly in there because he could do it too um but just play the crowd like a like an orchestra i mean they were just hanging on what he did he was yeah uh i i remember the acl injury of ricky was one of the worst one of the worst timberwolves moments i've ever watched um and unfortunately it was like you know when it happened and the way he was moving and stuff and do like sports medicine and PT for a job and stuff and have enough insight into injuries sometimes with the second it happened, I think I texted, I was like, that's ACL. He's gone. Like this, this season's over. Um, and he, and I, that one, that one hurt pretty bad. Um, yeah, and the Wolves so, are finally competing for, you know, we're yeah. like in the mix for playoff spot after so many down years. Cause that, that's a big reason for me with Ricky is, you know, following the Wolves closely, basically from, you know, 98 on, you know, always had KG, always had the playoffs or always like, you know, not a great team, but he means they're in the playoffs every year. And then there was just this dark stretch once KG left. And Ricky was this, for me as a fan, like this shot of adrenaline in the arm that reinvigorated my interest in the team and him, him as a player, the joy with which he played with the, you know, the preference of teammates all those things, all that building to the hope that you're talking about. And then, yeah, and then you have that moment where he goes down and, you know, he, he came back but never quite hit that high that you had that season where it's like the franchise is turning around. Like we are we're, – something's happening here with Ricky and Caleb and all those things. So uh, so that that's why for me, number three, and why I, you know, agree with you completely with, with the pick here. Yeah, and he feels just like a, a you know, a microcosm of the franchise, right? There's all this – you know, there's hope and there's buildup and there's there's selling hope and that's kind of what we r- ramp ourselves up for year after year. But then also there's there's significant holes and there's flaws and there's there's things that keep us from ever really getting to a a serious contender point. And Ricky as a player, I think we all love him, but like had massive holes in his game. I mean, there was games he was near unplayable at times based on the shooting woes and what he would do our, to our offense. But then he would always win you back with 
the the defense and the steals and the and just the leadership and the timely threes even though he didn't shoot a good percentage it was I don't know he he feels to me just like in my experience of Timberwolves fandom Ricky feels like the best single player I could give as an explanation of what it feels like to be a Timberwolves fan yeah so yeah. love it Agreed. all right at number Completely. two and this is where it'll be interesting but but you know it's it's my board and I don't know that you have a veto um so I don't at two, at two, we're going to go, this, this feels blasphemous, I know, we're going to go Kevin Garnett at two. Okay, um, all right. I So, spoilers here, he was two on my board, so that means we may have had yep. the exact same top three, but you, you start on KG, I'll, I'll pick up. Yeah, so KG, KG needs to be, I mean, a lot of people would probably argue, and, and again, just, I think if I was maybe even as old as you are, you know, just a couple, three years older, it, he, it might be different. I don't know. Obviously you've, you've got him at two as well, but, um, he is the heartbeat. He is the by far in Timberwolves history, the most popular player, the best player. I just never had as much of a personal connection with him. Although he has that place and he's two for a reason. I mean, he's above Ricky. He's, but you know, but I never had as personal connection as him as I did with our number one player, um, where, where I feel, where I feel that level of like, you know, bordering on favorite athlete of, of all time and stuff. And he's there and he, and he did a lot of amazing things, but it was just, yeah, it just felt like I missed, I missed that window with him a little bit. So it's so fun going back and watching highlights and doing comparisons. And I'll be so excited when he eventually gets his number retired and comes back and has something to do with the Timberwolves organization again, once Taylor's gone. But, um, but yeah, I have KG, KG at two. Yeah. I won't uh, reiterate, a ton because I said a lot when I talked about my my Timberwolves fandom origin story. So I'll I'll just say KG is the reason that I'm a Wolves fan. He's the reason that I started following basketball. Um, watching you know watching him on a random night when I didn't know much about the sport and just seeing this guy out there who just cared more than anyone else. And then watching the subsequent games and he cared on a Wednesday night in the middle of January. He was going to go out. He was going to give it his all. He's the reason I think that there's still basketball in the state of Minnesota, like that the that the franchise hasn't, you know, crumbled despite its historical terribleness that it hasn't left the city is because of what KG and Flip Saunders as the head coach established um, throughout his tenure here. And so when he came back and played and, you know, we had Jiggly Boy dancing in the stands like that is one of those oh, just great. Yes. One of those, yeah. One of those great moments that that, you know, I remember watching on TV and just having having so much fun with it and um, forever, forever grateful to, to KG. And it was very surprising to me that he ended up as my number two. Again, I, I don't know. I, I hope we have the same number one player here momentarily. But as I... Good hour. <laughs> but the, the reason why he became number two, I'll explain um, as I get to the, the number one player. So... Uh, Mitch, you ready to ready to top off our list here? Go ahead, you take it away. All right, at number one, it was a surprise to me when I made the list. I thought KG would be, but at number one, I have Anthony Edwards. So here's number five. Here's, <laughs> here's the uh, the reason for me, as I was making this list and and thinking it through, I realized that he is a combination to me of a Ricky Rubio and a Kevin Garnett. The the intensity the the skill level of, of a KG on in terms of his way to interact with the crowd to bring the crowd to life basically right we Mitch we were at the playoff game he had us on you know on a string he'd pull up and take a shot we were ready to maybe be apathetic to switch into that you know Timberwolves joking mode that all those fans can do where it's you know uh, disengage from the game and just kind of be like well you know we're gonna lose that's what happens and all of a sudden he can just get you out of your seat with a single shot but 
he has he has those elements of KG, but then he also has the joy of a Ricky Rubio, right? The joy of playing basketball game, the joy of he's you know he's still such a young young man, you know, being twenty one, maybe soon to be twenty two years old. But there's something about his just transparency and who he is, how he speaks to the media and when, when he's ordering chicken nuggets after a game and how he interacts with, with teammates. Oh, that's a huge part, right? Like the interaction with teammates and the, the truly genuine celebration when his teammates do well. And that's something that for me, I saw this year more so than any other year in his career. Like he loves it when his teammates succeed and he wants to celebrate with them. He wants to talk about them when he gets, you know, when he gets the mic in his face at the end of games, even, even someone like I think back to early in the season when Rudy was having a little bit of a tough time. D'Lo was still on the roster. There's, you know, we had a really slow start. The fans were really into it. And, you know, he had, he had a good game and Ant was one of the first ones to get the crowd going for Rudy. It's just like he, he is so much fun to watch. We are so early in this process. Who knows if this list looks the same, you know, 10 years from now. But in terms of where he's at now, the joy that he brings, the competitiveness, the ceiling that is unlike any player that we've seen in this franchise, where if he actually hits his top ceiling, he can be better than Garnett. Like he can actually, he can be a better player than a guy who is a, you know, who's a Hall of Famer. He has that possibility. And I think that's why we make this list today. He's at that number one because you see that possibility of the future to go along with everything you've already seen from him so um i said a lot mitch what what about for you for anthony edwards and i hope you're okay with the number one i guess you could still veto at this point if you wanted but i was just waiting for you to finish talking and then i was going to veto and make you take d'angelo russell (laughs) um when i watch anthony edwards play when he's locked in and i will say you'll you'll get to know this about me listeners um i i'm an equal opportunity hard ass when it comes to like if he, he he doesn't lock in all the time you know he's he does not have the mentality I know you said the combo of KG and Ricky but like in big spots he can but he doesn't have it all the time yet but when he does lock in uh I think about the game against the Pelicans late in the year this year where he I mean that's that's LeBron level type play that he offense defense getting the crowd going celebrating flexing it's like I just there's never been a Timberwolves player that I watch consistently that can do the things he can do on a night in and night out basis when he wants to. So I, I, I totally agree. I think part of why he's this high for me is like, is that hope, right? Is like the the story isn't written yet on Ant, and I feel in this era of my Timberwolves fandom and NBA fandom and and doing it with my son and 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 I know I've said that a couple times, but like watching you know, the person I care the most in the world about, you know, and, and, and my son fall in love with an athlete and just look at him and see limitless potential and see no reason why we can't win a ring because he's that good and me not have a good reason to say that it's not true because I see what Ant could be is so fun. Um, yeah. So in yeah. terms of just pure enjoyment in basketball, um, the dunks that Ant has, the all that stuff is fun, but I completely agree. It's like it wouldn't matter if he didn't seem like such a genuinely fantastic teammate. By all accounts, seems like a pretty humble guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's not. Like I said, the, the 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 story isn't fully written on him yet, and it could look different. But in terms of that meteoric rise up the charts, you know, Wiggins, Cat, Levine, Boz, 
I'm thinking of some of the good, you know, you know, some of the number first round picks we've had, and obviously, unfortunately, there's some bad ones in there too that that never quite hit. But there was never this level with any of them. There was never this understanding from a league wide standpoint that like, okay, you know, that kid in Minnesota is a problem, and he's going to be a problem for a long time. And that's just I don't know. When you've been the type of franchise we've been for so long, it just feels good to get a win once in a while. It feels good to have drafted him at number one when there was talk about James Weissman and like how much that would have hurt. I don't know that I could have taken that to yeah. to miss on another, but like to get the guy that is this fun and this good this early at this young of an age in his career is is yeah is so fun. So fandom to me is about having fun, and yeah. there isn't an as I was thinking through and making my list, there wasn't a single player that I have more fun watching or have had more fun watching than a locked in Anthony Edwards. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. I can't wait to watch him on team USA. Right. That seems like this another, another big step of his maturation as a basketball player is getting a chance to play with some of the other, you know, best players in the league and represent your country. Yeah. He, like just seeing him in the number 10 Jersey. It's like, Oh man, like it, it looks good on him where it's like, Oh yeah, this is this next stage of Ann's career now where he's not just, you know, a, a one of the best Timberwolves players, but he's entering into that league-wide reputation as being one of the best in the league, and it's it's fun to watch. It's really it's a joy to watch as he is a joy to to have on your team. Let's let's review the list. Have you know maybe if we have any other final thoughts, give them, and then maybe a couple, maybe before final thoughts, we'll do a couple of our fringe guys who we just want to give a quick shout out to. You know, we'll keep it short and sweet. But our our final our final list. Of our 12 favorite Timberwolves of all time, we'll start at the top. Number one, Anthony Edwards. Number two, Kevin Garnett. Number three, Ricky Rubio. Number four, Zach Levine. Number five, Kevin Love. Number six, Pat Bev. Number seven, Josh Kogi. Number eight, Nas Reed. Number nine, Nikola Pekovic. Number 10, Shabazz Muhammad. Number 11, Rashad McCants. And number 12, Robert Covington. Mitch, are there any guys on the fringe who you just want to give a, a quick shout out? We'll let's limit it to three. So three guys, you can give maybe like a sentence or two if you just want to say anything about them, but we'll try to keep it short and sweet here. Short and sweet. Uh, uh, Tyus Jones yeah, um, is is a guy there for me. I would put Wally Zerbiak as a guy there for me. Just, again, kind of an, kind of an old head, Timberwolf. You know, but speaking of just players you yell out when you're in an open gym taking a three, Zerbiak rolls off the <laughs> tongue pretty well. Yeah, you you can think for a moment. I've got I've, I'll give I'll give some of mine. So one who was just on like the edge for me that that didn't make it. Um, I I didn't think you'd let it, but I really love Nikhil Alexander Walker. Oh my he, god, he was on on the fringe for me as a possibility. But considering it was only a quarter of the season that we had seen him, I wasn't gonna try to get him on the list. But I just want to give him a shout out. I love watching him play. I am. I'm hopeful that he can carve out a role here long term. I just for for whatever whatever reason, you know, the primate testicles of Nikhil, I'm a big fan of. Um, another one for me that I have no idea why this guy is on my list, but I just had a lot of fun with him is Adrian Payne. Okay. As I was making the the, the list, like I feel like I've just laughed a lot watching Adrian <laughs> Payne play. You know, he had he had a few like good highlights, but he had so many just weird and crazy plays where I was just like I I have good memories watching watching Adrian Payne and then and last one for me and this is a hard one I think we'll almost need to have a whole episode to talk about this but Carl Anthony Towns this is one who was on on the border of my yeah. list as well and I Towns just has such a complicated relationship currently with the fandom that maybe at some point we can just devote a whole episode to talking about that and why you know he is a top three most skilled 
you know, talented player in franchise history. And he, for all things, wants to be in Minnesota. Why he, you know, had a hard time cracking our list. We can save that conversation for another time. Um, but Towns is another one who was just on the edge of my list. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the right call for me if I had to pick a third guy. So when I started making my list, I think at one point he was as high as like five or six because I was like, he's got to be. Like he is unquestionably probably at this point the second best player in franchise history. And I just, as I was I was I was kind of doing like a one for one comparison to guys. I was like, well, do I like him more than a Kogi? I was like, no, I like a Kogi more. Do I like him more than Pekovic? I was like, I don't. <laughs> so I, I had to keep moving him down, but that is the, that is the right one. He was in he was in that honorable mention one. So yeah, that's a good a good shout out, and and I think a really good indicator, like you said, of how complicated that relationship is, because he by all accounts he should be vying for that top spot based on what he's done for the franchise in some ways. But I don't think I honestly the fact that I forgot about him as we were talking is is probably yeah. pretty damning. The other guy I was going to put on, and like in terms of just flashing bright but then not quite being long enough yeah. is Conley. Um I love I love me some Mike Conley. So he was he was one that I was going back and forth as well. Um but just again less than half of a full season. I, I didn't feel like I could put him on the list yeah. yet, but he could he could sneak on there pretty quick. Yep, after I think next I would year. have ultimately put him on there before Nikhil Alexander. No, that's not true. Nah was gonna be on there before Mike Conley, but it was, it was You it was love very close. Nah. But right, love watching nah. watching Minnesota Mike hit the three free throws against the Lakers, like that's that's a moment in Wolves history that that he was a part of that you know you go on to lose the game, yes, but those those clutch free throws is just not something you used to see as a Wolves fan. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, there we go. Our 12 favorite Timberwolves, a list made together. And I'll be honest, we we were kind of on the same page for, for a lot of this. I thought, I thought we might be getting each other a little more mad, but especially after we, we got through the, you know, probably like most of the bottom four or five, we were mostly in, you know, within one or two of all of our picks, which, you know, maybe it just means we've watched a lot of wolves and talked a lot of wolves together <laughs> during these years. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like we've watched about 98% of Timberwolves games and texted through the entirety of them for the last 15 years. Well, listeners, we'll, we'll, we'll post this on Canis here and you'll get a chance to, to interact with the list. Uh, I think we'll, we'll post a little poll giving us a grade. Like, what do you think? Do you think that this is a, a good list? Do you give us an A, a B, C, D, or F? Um, and yeah, in the comments, write your own. Who, who, who would be in your favorite list? Who do we really miss on? Um, yeah, let us know. And with that... We'll we'll call it a call it a week here. So, as we get going, I always want to give this reminder to you know change your face, be happy, enjoy the week, and we'll see you next time.